All right, we want to talk about, uh, what's that? Does That's the same, fine. Will, does the same thing? Right, now you have twice as much chance that it You know the, that, that little film about people go to a shear and leave their tape recorder, <laughs> and then the Rebbe comes in and he puts on his tape recorder and he leaves? It's an old cartoon. It's what? It's a very old cartoon. No, it's just like that. It was upgraded. It was upgraded to a film, like with live people. In. So, so we want to learn about. We want to. This is the parish of Aira, and we're talking about the Maka of Kinim. The Maka of Kinim. Kinim is like an odd uh, Maka. Kinim is lights. Right, you know, and uh, it's uh, it's one of the great afflictions of the state of Israel. You know, lice. Uh, a child of the gun finds the you know has lice, so all the children in the gun have lice. So all the parents of all the children, so all the you know that's called a makkah. There's no stopping it. I remember, you know, there are all kinds of methods for dealing with lice in the heads of children. Um, we once had a Mitzakhelet who told us that kerosene was the answer. And you have to go around spraying the child to get the smell out, you know, or to cover up the smell with another smell. But once time in Israel, this is a, a fact, they had, they decided that what they would do is have life's day. And on the same day, everybody in Israel would destroy the, li the lice in their children. At the same day, at the same time, this is on the radio, on, I don't know if that television yet, but this was like a big deal. And needless to say, it did not work. The, the, the lice are very hardy. They don't do much, but they're annoying. And all the mothers think that, that there's something the relationship between lice and dirt, which is devastating, because everybody knows that we're very clean. So it's hard to know exactly what the point of the lice was. Dumb. That's a real. That's a real thing. I mean, if you can't drink the water, if you can't drink the water, so you, how can you live? And Svardaya. I mean, I don't know exactly how it works, because Al didn't clarify for us how, but let's say every time you try to grab one, there was suddenly two more in its place. I guess that could be a little bit annoying, theologically as well as pragmatically. Noise. And the noise, and the noise. But what about lice? Itchy. What? Itchy. Uh, okay, I mean, you know, the next makkah after after the uh, kinim, you know, kinim is the tzach, right? The first three. The fourth one is erov. I mean, it's like wild animals. Like uh, you know, it's like being let loose in the safari someplace. It's not, I mean, that's serious. I mean, there's something that's strikingly less than very serious about kinim. So let's see what the psukim say. Vayom Hashem el Moshe Emor el Aharon Emor el Aharon Hashem says to Moshe Rabbeinu 
this is a job for Aro. And Rashi says, Lo so it was unreasonable that Moshe Rabbeinu should give a makkah, should, should, should do something to the Afar. Because we remember that when Moshe Rabbeinu killed the Mitzri, Rashi says. So Rashi says that there's a subtext in the makkah of, of, uh, of uh, Kinin that even if you're going to produce a disturbance in the nature of things, and somehow any disturbance in the nature of things is, is against whatever you're doing, so if they're kinim, so kinim are against the kinim, and they're against the afar, and, and, and so, so the, the Moshe Rabbeinu had a death to the afar, covered up his misdemeanor, his slight misdemeanor, so it wasn't proper that he should take advantage of the afar. So instead of taking advantage of the affair, Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe Rabbeinu gave this, or he was directed to give this job, to give this job to Aaron. Back to the pasuk. <coughs> That's how you did it. That's what Moshe Rabbeinu should not do, to beat the affair Aaron. So that word kinam is like a, a, a funny word, if, if you know Hebrew, right? That the Afar would somehow become kinim. <coughs> he did it. Again, kinam, kinim, right, there's a change. Vaitiya kinam, harchisha, bilat. All right, whatever that is. In other words, the kinam also had a, like you noted them, you noted that they were there. Pasuk Yudalit. and here's the interesting part of the story. Latehem. Latehem means in their, their, their magic, uh, the ability to do magic. They did it with this ability. They tried to imitate Aaron and they couldn't do it. There's something, this Pesach is not, not clear. Vayasuke means that they didn't do it. They tried to do it. Vayasuke nafartumim, they tried to do it. Bilatehen, with their special uh, talents. Lotsiyet akinim. They, they, I don't know what lotsiyet akinim means. You mean they were going to make more kinim? They would make, I mean, there was, how could you tell? What? So lotsiyet akinim must mean to get rid of them, to... But then we have to the loya cholu. So everybody was itching and going around and was annoyed. But Rashi disagrees with you. Rashi says that Lotsiatakina means libar otam mimakom acher. 
In other words, they didn't want to get rid of the kinim. They just wanted to show that they could also make kinim. So, so Aaron made the kinim out of the afar. They could make the kinim out of the cookies. I mean, it doesn't matter. They wanted to show Paro that, that this is not a big deal. It's a big annoyance, but it's not a big deal. So that's what Rashi says, to create them from some other place. They, they were unable to. Everybody knows this rule, which is brought down in the Gemara. So the shade, shade uh, in this case means the bed. The power of bad. The power of bad does not rule over a birya. A birya is a created thing. It's a, it's an entire object that's created, like an animal, not just an arm or a leg. So in this case, the birya is the king, right? The ein uh, hashed, the bad guys sholeit al birya pchuta mikasa so because of this, it was impossible for the Khartoumim to make kinim. Because kinim are too small. You can't, they can't make anything that's smaller than a hair. Right? And a kin is smaller than a hair, so they can't make kinim. They can't make kinim. So just that according to Rashi, all of this had something to do with the Khartoumim. And not so much to do with, with this Rashi. So we remember the story. The macro of I mean, uh, the, the Nochosh, the Dam, the Tzvardea, they all managed to do some, somehow, these Khartoumim. Maybe not exactly the same as Moshe Rabbeinu, but they did it, right? Remember the Nachash? Moshe Rabbeinu's Nachash, the snake that he made out of his staff, ate up the snake that was made out of the staff of the Khartoumim. But he, they did it. And then there was Friday. And, and, and you know, always say, you have to understand that it doesn't matter. I mean, this is a problem. In, the, in, the, uh, in this Maka called Kinim, there was a change. Up to now, the Khartoumim had been able to imitate Moshe Rabbein to a certain extent. This was the first time that they failed. This was the first time that the Khartoumim failed. So, so what do you learn from this? That the you know, Khartoumim failed? Well, it's not perfectly clear because, because Paro continued in his opposition to Moshe Rabbeinu and B'nai Yisrael. And Arog, Devashkin, Barat, Arba, Choshech, they were not able to imitate uh, 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 Moshe Rabbeinu. So how come this whole story keeps going? If in the in the in Kinin they couldn't imitate Moshe Rabbeinu, so why would Paro think that his power had not been uh, had not been compromised? So obviously Paro was of the following opinion that as long as what was happening was somehow in the realm of magic, and by magic I mean a real capacity to change nature. Right, that was, that was in the, real, uh, the realm of magic. So it might be true that Moshe Rabbeinu could do certain things that the Khartoumim couldn't do. But in, in the mind of Paro, Moshe Rabbeinu was just better at it 
than they were. It, was, it wasn't like Moshe Rabbeinu was coming with a message that was so remarkable that, uh, that he had to knuckle under to it. That's not what Paro thought. That's not what Paro thought. Paro thought, Paro thought that, that B'nai Yisrael, that Moshe Rabbeinu, was a magician. And there was no reason for him, Paro, to give in to his magic. And the proof of it was that the Khartoumim were able to do magic for the snake, the dumb, the Tzvardea. I said, okay, they couldn't do Kinin in the mind of, of, of Paro. What difference does it make? What difference does it make? In the world of Moshe Rabbeinu is relegated ultimately to the world of magic. And that's why that's why he was convinced, apparently, that it was no big deal. So Paro goes on, the Pasuk, the last Pasuk, by Paro, Etzva Elokim He. And this becomes the subject, the subject of, of much discussion. Now the baseline interpretation for Etzva Elokim He it's not what I said just before we read this Pasuk, but it's what Rashi says. Rashi is the baseline interpretation. And what does Rashi say? According to Rashi, according to Rashi, Paro said, this is really God speaking in Kenyan, right? Because uh, because we can't do it. But if that were true, I mean, the Kasha and Rashi is, how come Paro didn't give up? Why did he keep going? That's the question. So that's the answer to the possibility to Rashi. That's what I thought Yisrael said to Moshe Rabbeinu at the beginning. So he said, even though Paro knew that he was now face to face with God, and even though Paro knew that he was going to go on and uh, and uh, uh, and lose, he was never going to going to fight the good fight because God is forcing him to fight that good fight, right? Which of course is a very problematic kind of interpretation, but. To a certain extent, the Rambam accepts that interpretation, and, uh, and uh, everybody understands that the question of why Paro was so severely punished when the slavery of the Jews in Egypt, when the slavery of the Jews in Egypt was something that was ordained by heaven, that's what Hakadosh Baruch Hu said to Abraham Avinu. He said that they're going to be slaves for 400 years. So why should why would why should I, why should Paro be punished for being an emissary of God? What sort of sense is that? So the Mephoshim generally answer the Rambam the Rambam says this that Paro had the free choice to go easy uh, easier on them or harder on them. You remember at the end of the Parshas Shemos, Paro decides to deny them straw to make the bricks with. Right, to deny them the, the, the straw. And Moshe Rabbeinu said, Why would you make things worse for the people? Right, so that choice belongs to Paro. Paro didn't have to make everything worse. And for that, 
Paro was punished, but as he went along in this story, Paro kept, you know, severely uh, punishing B'nai Yisrael in order to kind of compensate for the makot that were taking place. So this is the way Rashi understands it. This is really the way Rashi understands it, that when, when the Chaitumim say, Etzba Elokim, this is a this is a watershed moment, right? They say, oh, now we know who we're up against. This, these guys are not just magicians, but they actually represent God. Now let's look at the Ibn Ezra to see how another, another possible way of looking at it. The Ibn Ezra says this. You know, the Ibn Ezra is on Pasuk Tetzbal. Vayomru achar tomim. Vayomru. In other words, the Chartumim saw that they were able to imitate uh, Aaron in the matter of the snake and the blood and the frogs. But they were no longer able. I'm ruled Paro. Loba azota makaba avu Yisrael v'shalcham. Rak makat elokim i kifi marechet akochavim al mazal eretz mitzrayim. But this, in fact, is really a divinely inspired makah. This is not just magic, and uh, and you could see that the kochavim somehow line up with the mazal of Mitzrayim and, uh, and this is different. Kikvar Peirashti Kikvar Peirashti Ibn Ezra says The way I understand the story Kiparo lo kichei Paro never said that there is no God or that the God that Moshe Rabbeinu purported to represent did not exist that was not the position of Paro. Raka Shem Sheskilo Moshe. He was only he was only opposed to the God that Moshe Rabbeinu said he represented. Not that there was a God. In other words, he was a frum person. I mean he understood that God created the world and directs it. Kilo yado naga banu mikrehu hayalanu min hashamayi alkein chazak leiv paro. So the Ibn Ezra quotes a pasuk. The Ibn Ezra quotes a pasuk. The pasuk is here. In the Pesach is in Shmuel Aleph, Perikvav. Just one second. You see, in this pasuk, 
And this verse, I'll tell you what it's about in a minute, but you had these two uh, uh, words, face, these two phrases face each other. Right? That it's not the hand of God that did us in. But it's a mikre. A mikre in the biblical sense, which is that it may come from God, but it's not specific against not specific against us. And I was like, let's say, let's say you went into the forest and you were attacked by uh, by a big bear. So the bear is God's bear, and the attack is, uh, is something. But the attack may be just something the bear does. It's not that God uh, said to the bear, "Attack this person." I mean, there are things that that are the result of the way God created the world but are not to be considered necessarily punishments. And that's called mikre. That's called a mikre. So what is it, what is it that we're talking about? Well, you remember the story. <coughs> of the, they took the Aron, they took the Ark with the, with the Luchot, the broken Luchot maybe, to fight against the Philistines and the Aron was captured, right? And then they, they went to recapture. Uh, and, the, and, and the story is, And the Pelishtim, the Pelishtim lived on the coast where Aza is today, right? Ashdod, well, Ashkelon was a Philistine city and then further south, like what we call, we call Aza today, that's where they live. And you know, it's interesting that, that even though the specific charge to, the, to B'nai Yisrael, to the 12 tribes, was to get rid of all, foreign, uh, all the foreigners, or get, certainly get rid of uh, their national symbols, the Philistine were never conquered. The Philistine were never conquered. They were not conquered by even by David Amalek, who was a great, uh, who was a great uh, conqueror, a great warrior. But they were not conquered by David Amalek. So after this, after this, uh, this uh, fact, so the after the story of the conquest of the Aron Hashem, right? He Aron Hashem stayed Philistine Shiva Chodeshim. So the Philistines were apparently afraid. They, in other words, they, they believed in God. They believed in the, that the God of the Jews was truly a God. And they had captured the Aaron. And now they really wanted to give it back. Because while they thought they could beat the Jews, they didn't think they could beat God. And so they once so they collected all of their wise men and they said, What should we do? So then they said, Well, this is what you should do. Don't send it back. Send it back. But don't send it back um, sort of in an empty handed way. But add the gold and the and the silver, and then, and then there was more specific more specific directions. 
So then they, then the pasuk chet is it lokachem et aron Hashem unitatem oto el hagala et kleis avasher hashivotim lo Hashem tasimu baagaz mitzido v'shilachtem oto v'halech. So this is what this was the suggestion. Even though the aron was a sign that they were victorious. All of these wise men told them they should send the Aaron back. And that way they will not bring the wrath of God down upon them. And he says, you will see if, uh, if the Aaron goes on Derech Beit Shemesh, then you'll know that that this is all from God. That this that this unhappy situation that we're in, because we have the we have the Aron. <coughs> I mean, they they were sick, right? They were they were all they they realized that there was something wrong. Or eatim in derech buloya lebeichemeshuasalai So you'll have a, you'll be able to test whether the fact that we are suffering is the result of the fact that we had in our own. And then it says, And if not, then we'll know that this does not come from God. So the Kulishtim have a way of testing whether or not God is venting his anger against them. Or they are just uh, suffering from the swine flu or something similar. There's no connection between the fact that they are suffering and the fact that they have the Aram. So this pasuk is quoted by the Ibn Ezra. This matter, actually, is quoted by the Ibn Ezra. And, and look, you see in the fourth line in the Ibn Ezra, the fourth word, this is similar to Kilo Yadol Nag'aban, who will know that this is not from God. Mikrehu Hayalanu. Right? Minashabayim. So this was the position of Paro. The position of Paro was, yes, there is a God. And yes, there is a God of the Jewish people. But these Makot don't mean that God is involved in, in, in what's happening in Mitzrayim. It might just be a Mikrehu. Al-Kain, Chazak laid Paro, and therefore Paro's heart was hardened, but not because, not because he, he was, his heart was hardened by God, but because that was his philosophical position, that this was all nothing. And I fortify my Perush, the Ibn Ezra says, because they said, this is the finger of God, the law and rule, etzva Hashem. Shehu Elokei Yisrael. He didn't say that. He didn't say this is the, the finger of God, who is the God of the of of Yisrael. Kasher Amar Paro b'Makat Tzfar De'im, as he already said in the Makat Tzfar De'im, Atiru El Hashem, go and daven to God to get rid of these frogs. V'zeh Hashem Iskir b'Makot Achronot. But he did mention God in the latter Makot when he realized that he was that he was wrong. The old 
כי משה אמר לפרעות דבר מכת היאור לפני היותה. That Moshe Rabbeinu told Paro that the that the waters would turn into blood before it happened. But Moshe Rabbeinu did not warn Paro about Makat Hakinim. So it turns out that according to the, I would say that according to the Ibn Ezra, the purpose of the Makat Hakinim, the purpose of Makat was to clarify to us. What the ideological position of of Pharaoh uh, was, and as long as Pharaoh could say to himself, it happened, he did it, but it wasn't from God; it was from magic. That Pharaoh was not going to change his mind, because when it comes to magic, everybody understands that the magician is going to run out of tricks. Right? He can do things, but he can't do it forever. He could do things, but he can't do it. He can't do it endlessly. And so that even though Paro was suffering from the kinim, he was not willing. He was not willing to change his ideological position in the makkah of of kinim. Furthermore, he finds support in the fact that Moshe Rabbeinu did not that Moshe Rabbeinu did not warn Paro about what's, what was going to happen, and he didn't mention to him makkah kinim. So now. We have to look at the Ramban. The Ramban is, is a bit long, but we won't do it all, but we'll do as much as we think we have to. <coughs> the Ramban says this. Omar Vayasu came. The Pasuk says, they tried to do it. According to the Rabban, might mean that they had this book, and the book had uh, had uh, tricks in it, and one of the tricks was they looked up the up kinim. And the, tra- the book of tricks said, well, you, you wave the, 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 you wave your stick this way or that way. In any event, it didn't work. The whole thing didn't work, uh, etc. The next Ramban, El Faro et and this is what again. This is what they said. This is what they said. So according to the Ibn Ezra, uh, the point is that they said Elohim. Elohim is a more general name for God. I mean, when we say Elohim, we know what we mean. But when the non-Jew says Elohim and doesn't say Yudke Bovke, so then it, it, it means to the Ibn Ezra, that he said, yes, I mean, it's, it's God, but it's not your God. That's what Elohim means. Even to us, to us, the word Elohim very much means God. Nevertheless, this is what the, this is what the Ibn Ezra says. Omar Rabbi it comes from some divine source, right? Yes. 
כפי מערכת הכוכבים על ארץ מצרים, כי פרעה לא כיחש הבורא. רק השם שהזכיר לו משה, וזה כדרך, כי לא ידו נגע בו מקרה, הוא היה לנו, על כן חזק לפרעה. אוקיי? This is the first part of the Ibn Ezra. והביא ראייה, ומפני שלא אמר אצבע השם, י"ק ו"ק, שהוא אלוקי ישראל, כאשר אמר פרעה, מכת הצפרדעים, העתירו אל השם. ועוד כי משה אמר לפרעה דבר מכת היאור, ולא הזכיר לו בתחילה מכת הקינים, ואין אז אין דבריו נכונים. There you have it. You see, אין דבריו נכונים בעיניי, line 24. So up to now he just repeated the Ibn Ezra, and now he's saying what he thinks. כי המקרה לא יקרא אצבע אלוקים, An accident, mikre in medieval uh, Jewish language is accident. Right? Some, there are things that happen, but they're not necessarily, uh, well, the word mikre means that it's not, you don't have to look upon it as though God made it happen. Right? The Rambam, the famous example in the Rambam is that he's, he refuses to uh, believe that every time Zayid steps on a cockroach, that that was an, uh, Zion is like John Smith, but the Arab version of John Smith. He says he can't believe that every time Zion stands, steps on a cockroach, that it was God said, that cockroach, his time has come. So that, that um, I mean, it's a famous Rambam, right, the end of the Lord of Bukhim. Uh, the Rambam the wants to redefine Hashgacha Pratit, what we call today Hashgacha Pratit, in terms of things that are really important or of great significance, which, which could include punishment sometimes. But it cannot be that everything that happens in the world is kind of determined by God, even because it may be totally insignificant. It may be totally insignificant in terms of the divine plan of things. So that's the Rambam. The, the Ramban says, Hamikred, an accident, lo yikare etzbalbi. Now the Ramban is much less inclined to believe in accident. According to the Ramban, most things that we know about are called miracles. Everything's a miracle. A miracle means that God decided now that something should happen. So that if Rahman al-Islam dies, somebody gets hit by a car, That's called a miracle. Not that, even though we usually think miracles are good, but I mean it's, it's a miracle because it was divinely determined. It was divinely determined. Now, the Ramban, so, so it may be that the Ramban also agrees that when Zayed steps on a cockroach, that that's not divinely determined. But, but we would, if you went to study this topic, you would see that the Ramban is much more inclined to be inclusive, more and more inclusive about Hashgacha Pratit, that it, it's uh, everything, is, almost everything is Hashgacha Pratit. Whereas according to the Rambam, according to the Rambam, Hashgacha Pratit has something to do with the quality of the person. That obviously there's going to be more Hashgacha Pratit on the great Tzadikim than there will be Hashgacha Pratit on the Schleppers. According, according to the Rambam, now exactly who is a great tzaddik and who is a schlepper, 
That, of course, is a little hard to determine, but the Rambam solves this problem with Zayin by raising, raising the level or the bar of Hashgacha Pratit. But Hashgacha Pratit is not about everybody, every day, all the time. But Hashgacha Pratit is about those special people who have caught divine attention in some way, right? That's what Hashgacha Pratit is. Uh, he says, so he says that that distinction of Yad and Etzba doesn't really exist. It's good to look up all these psukim. Right, that the hand of God is referred to as being that's hashgacha. It comes right from, right from God. The old kilo amdu achar to me l'fnei Moshe Achreichem. Rabbi Makata arose. Shaita b'hatraas. The 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 chartumim didn't even try to imitate arose. The lovishara makom. They disappeared. The chartumim now disappeared. How can you say that the chartumim were arguing that that uh, Moshe Rabbeinu was not uh, representing God, but that Moshe Rabbeinu was just a magician. If that were the case, why wouldn't they come back? Here's the Rambat. You see in Yankip Shuto, it's uh, line 36, I guess. Not like the Rambat. The Khartumim said, yes, these lights come because God wants them to come. And therefore, Pyro had no use for them. Because Pyro's ideology was to distinguish between God and Moshe Rabbeinu. And they tried to make light of it, these Khartoumim. And they said, it's only a small thing. I mean, after all, lice, they're annoying, but it's not like they devastate the economy. It's not like what happened afterwards to Pyro in Mitzrayim. Line 41. Because after all, he says there's a technical reason that they didn't say Yud Kei but they said Elohim, because that's what they called God. When Moshe Rabbeinu was talking to Paro, Moshe Rabbeinu said, I'm, 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 I'm an emissary of Yud Kei So they responded, they're using that name of God. Well, when Moshe Rabbeinu was not standing before them, they said Elohim, as they were used to, uh, uh, say, line 45. They all say that it was God who stopped us from doing, from bringing the lights into the world. In, in, in other words, you know, the, 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 this crisis point, according to the Ramban, that took place between, surprisingly, the Khartoumim 
and Paro. And the problem of the moment was that Khartoumim understood what had happened, that they were powerless against the will of God. But Paro didn't understand it that way. Paro said no. That this is not the hand of God. Instead of the Khartoumim solving the problem for Paro, the Khartoumim destroyed their own position in the court of Paro because he couldn't, he couldn't put up with this idea. Vandira Beinai Ode, right? Line 48. Kimakata Damla Foch Toledet Tamayim Lutab. Makata Tsrade Im Lahalotam Minaya O. Yahula Sotke Ki Ein Fahem Bria O Yitzira Kiloa Makatel Katuba Yuatsrade Im Ratvata Ratsrade Chinesuva Alu Rat Makata Kinimata Yitzira and so, what was it, according to the Rambach, what was it that the Khartoumim understood? He said, well, look, you know, turning the water into blood, he doesn't go into it too much, but when it comes to Tzvardim, he says, look, the Tzvardim came out of the water. How did they get into the water? They collected there. Tzvardim from all over the world had a convention. There was a Tzvardea convention. But it's not true that the water created, created the Tzvardea. And apparently, even though the Ramban doesn't go into it, the water did not create the blood. But blood came in from someplace into the water. But it's very clear. It's very clear that the lice were created from the Afar. And that's what it says in Bereshit. Right? The Totseha Aretz. The earth gave forth whatever grows in the, in the earth. Right? The, the grasses and the trees that all came from... That, that was a form of Bereah. If it's a form of creation, so that means that that is unique. That's unique to God. So even though the Khartoumim lived in a world where there were different forces that could do different things, things that looked like, uh, like really high class, uh, like creation activity. If you were able to look carefully at the Khartoumim war, they were able to look at what they had, were doing very carefully. They understood that, that the, the critical maka was the maka of kinim, because kinim implied bria. The kinim implied Bri'ah creation. So when you raise the, the, the level of, of testing of the Khartoumim to the level of creation, of creating, then they were unable to function. But not only were they unable to function, they understood that they were unable to function. And therefore they went to Pyro and they said, Ekspa Elohim, according to the Ramban, 
The important word here is that they, the etzba elokim, that this is, even though it's a small thing, I mean, life, but the, the way the life get into the world, that's a big thing. That's a big thing. The lights were created from the afar. And since the lights were created from afar, this becomes an act which is divine without a doubt. And therefore the Khartoumim leave the stage. They leave the stage. And you see, interestingly enough, according to the Ramban, that part of the problem or part of the purpose of Yitzhak Mitzrayim, as we, as we know today, I mean, it's not the story that you tell us to say that, but it is part of the story of Yitzhak Mitzrayim, that Yitzhak Mitzrayim was an attempt at educating the Egyptians. Now, for the Egyptians, you can read peoples of the world, right? Educating the Christians and educating the Muslims, that they should all have this understanding. They're also understanding that whatever other powers you believe or think might exist in the world, and that was always, uh, that was always an issue, and is, is to this very day an issue, even in, in uh, what we call monotheism. You know, even though we believe in God, we might also accidentally believe in something else you know, along the way. And that's why we have, uh, I know that's why, maybe I'm, I'm exaggerating, but, uh, but certainly, uh, you know, it's never clear to me, it's never quite clear to me when we have the opportunity, we have the opportunity to daven to God for a bracha, I mean, it's, it's clear, I mean, nobody that I know disagrees with that statement. Why you'd want to go to uh, somebody else to, to enhance the davening? Uh, I don't know why that is, but obviously a lot of people want to do that. But there's a point at which even the bracha givers understand that they are not really capable of dealing with whatever is going on. So this is the Khartoumim. This was the education of the Khartoumim. It's part of Yitzhak Mitzrayim. That B'nai Yisrael were not going to leave Mitzrayim devastated. No, they would be devastated. But B'nai Yisrael are going to leave Mitzrayim enhanced. They could understand more than they understood before, that, that they were in the clutches of the Khartoumim. They were under the control of the magicians. And they're going to see that B'nai Yisrael going to get the Torah makes sense. Even though they continue the, uh, to attack the Jews and, uh, you know, in other words, it's always true that the new idea, that the enlightened idea, does not automatically um, erase the less enlightened position. So that Paro himself was incapable of accepting this notion which the Khartoumim began to understand in the Makkah of Kinev. And that's what the Ramban explains. That's what the Ramban explains, that the Makkah of Kinev was the Makkah which the Khartoumim said, Etzba Elokim, and means we understand, and therefore, we're leaving this competition. As far as we are concerned, the Khartoumim may have said, you should let the Jews out of the tribe because there's no way for us to fight against, uh, fight against God. We can fight against a God, or a national God, or a local God, but we can't fight against, we can't fight against God. That's what the Khartoumim said. But Paro's heart was hardened either because God hardened his heart or because he was not capable. He wasn't a philosopher. He was a guy who built buildings. 
Yeah, the guy Bill Simmons could be a philosopher, but I think that Cairo was not a philosopher. And therefore, when the when the when the uh, the Chartumim said to Paro, "Etzva Elokim he, as the Ramban explained, they just got angry at the Chartumim. And he said, "No, it's not true. It's just magic. That's what the <coughs> that's what the Mefarshim said. That was the the issue between Paro and the Chartumim, which came to a head at the time of uh, of the Makkah of Kinim." Kinim Dafka, a small thing, not something which is as devastating to the nation as the Makot that are going to come upon Paro, but a kind of a the least significant of them. It's true, it itches, but it's also true that you can continue your life itching. You can't very well continue your life with other Makot, as we're going to see in uh, the rest of the Pasha of Vaera and, and Shemot. So, <coughs> okay, so, so the rest of the Ramban is interesting. He goes through the story, but I'd like to look at the Malvim. The Malvim is on the last, on the last page. You know that the Malvim is who's skipping um, 700 years. You see the first line in the Malvin. That's Rashi. I mean, it's Chazal, but Rashi quoted the Chazal. The Malbim has a different take on the story. According to the Rabban and Ibn Ezra, the story is that the Bechartumim tried to imitate Aaron. Just like Aaron did it, so they also wanted to do it. But according to the Malbim, no, he reads the Pesach differently. And he says, and he says, uh, They were the cure. They didn't want to make more uh, uh, kinim. They wanted to cure the nation of kinim. Because Paro was no longer that interested in the fact that they were able to imitate the Mako of Tzvardeim. It's interesting because they thought that they would have some medicine that would work to take these uh, myths out of the animals. And then at least Pyro would be happy that they're, they're solving the problem after the fact. Lo sara mehem, 
You know that Pasuk in Tehillim, it's backwards. The Pasuk in Tehillim, Arog comes before Kinnin. Right? Even on the Chumash, Kinnin comes before Arog. So his pshat, his pshat is that the reason that the, in Tehillim it's reversed, that the actual chronology was first Kinnin and then Arog. But in Tehillim it's reversed because even though the Arog came, they were still suffering from Kinnin. In other words, no one ever took the Kinnin away. I guess eventually they, they left. Shabakas Akinim lo Soramihem. Anishabi Kolan Sheadara Hush Gabakaje Vimakadaro. Ayakinim be called Bulan, who's like Israel. They couldn't get rid of the Kinim. Azeramah, but the Yakinamba Dama Bayma. But Solomash Nisharabahem La Ullah. That's his pshat. That they, they couldn't deal with these kinim. So you see that 700 years later, the Malbin looks at these psukim, and he looks at the Ibn Ezra, and he looks at the Ramban, and he knew, he knew what we know, and a lot more. What is it that the Malbin is not prepared to agree to? What point is it that the Malbin says, no, this cannot be. He is not willing to make the Khartoumin part of a theological discussion. At most, he's willing to say that the Khartoumin, that the Khartoumin were doctors of a sort. They knew things about medicine. They thought they had a way of getting rid of the Kinim. But he did not say that the Khartoumim, that the Khartoumim were involved in a theological discussion. The last possible according to the Malbim, let's look at it. She he says, in, if you look in this parish, in the parishes of, of Eira and Shmos of Eira, Bo, you'll see that the Egyptians always call God, the God of Israel, Yudkei Vavka. Right, not Elohim. <coughs> you skip a line, the fourth line. Bevoar shemashik amar etzva Elohim hu lokiv nu al Elohei Yisrael shayalahem lomar etzva Hashem hu o etzva Elohei Yisrael. The same point is made by the Ramban, but what does he say? Ki makazol ba'a v'lo hatra'a. Since this Makkah came without Hatra'ah Hashvu, Shalom Ba'amet Elokei Yisrael, Bishvil Yisrael, so there's obviously they thought that this was a national disaster or a natural disaster that they would have to deal with. Shem Kenei Hatzirich Lo'odiyah. Because if it was a Makkah, then Moshe Rabbeinu should have come to Paro and said, listen, Paro, we're doing this, uh, this Kinim thing. You know, you're going to be annoyed. Uh, 
David Ezra. Etzba Elohim hu loba zot ha-makab avu Yisrael makat Elohim hi kifim ha-rechet ha-kohanim. So that's what he says that that is even what the Ibn Ezra said. So again, when they say Etzba Elohim hi, when they say Etzba Elohim hi against the Ramban, the Malbin says this is not a theological awakening by the Khartoumim. They suddenly understood something. But when they said it was Etzba Elohim hi, they said, look, it's a natural... It's a natural disaster. It comes from, you know, the stars. The stars are the ones who, uh, who are responsible, who are responsible for this event to happen. So that there's a gulf that is opened up between the Ramban, who says that the Khartoumim were participants in this theological question of, of God. Like, how do you know that it's God who's doing it? And the Malbim, who says, no, that the Khartoumim were in their own world. They were thinking about things in the way they were able to think about things, and therefore, you cannot say, you cannot say that the, uh, that the Khartoumim was somehow theologically, was theologically involved. Everybody agrees, everybody agrees, that when the Egyptians spoke about the God of Israel, they always used the, the four-letter name, Yud okay? And when they spoke about gods in general, they used the name Elohim. The question of why they used uh, the name for Elohim here is a question that is addressed by some of the Mufarshan that we see today. Have a good shot. There's a good scientist who didn't believe in spontaneous generation. That was the first thing we learned in college biology. In high school biology. Gemara believes in spontaneous generation.